Can I encourage you to have Romans 1 open in front of you, Bibles or gadgets? Let me pray. Loving God, speak to us today by your Holy Spirit, through your word, that we might know you more, love you more, and serve you more. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> well, as Matt pointed out, thanks Matt, I'm the only one here in fancy dress. I might be a little bit embarrassed by that. People keep calling me Bishop David. That might take a bit to get used to. But friends, something that I'm not embarrassed about and something that I'm very familiar with and something that I love and just want to share with others is the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And as you know, I'm a very new bishop. Not a new Christian and not a new leader in the church, but a new bishop. And at the service the other night, uh, when I was being made a bishop, I was asked, amongst a whole lot of other stuff that just happened, but I was asked two very important questions. First, they asked, am I convinced that Holy Scripture contains all doctrine necessary for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ? To which I answered, I am convinced. The second asked, will you proclaim the gospel to all, especially those amongst whom you live? And I answered, I will, gladly bearing witness to Christ in the power of God. Great questions to be asked, aren't they? Great questions to be asked when becoming a bishop, but great questions for all of us, all Christians, to be asked. Do you believe that the Holy Scriptures, Old and New Testaments, contain everything necessary for eternal salvation? So let me ask you, do you believe what the Bible says and that the Bible contains all things necessary for eternal life in Christ Jesus? I'm asking. A few nods? Excellent. Yes. Well, let me ask that second question that I was asked, that important question. Will you proclaim it? And to all. I might hit the next slide. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I believe the gospel is the power of God. It is what we need. It is the truth. And if I believe this, I have to proclaim it. You hope I'll proclaim it. Or are we embarrassed by it? Are we unsure of it? Are we weary of it? Paul, as he writes to the believers in Rome, declares that he's not ashamed of the gospel and he's calling for them to echo it. And he's calling for us, as we read it now, also to echo that same conviction and also say we're not ashamed of the gospel. So look at verses 1 to 6 with me. Romans 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power, 
by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Paul, who we first knew as Saul, the prosecutor of the Christians, who we now know as the Apostle Paul, the one converted on the road to Damascus, meeting that risen Lord Jesus and being called to be a witness of the resurrection of the gospel of God. Paul, commissioned by God to be an apostle to the Gentiles, that is, to the non-Jewish world. And he tells us that this gospel he proclaims is God's gospel. It's there in verse 1. It's the good news of what God is doing. It is the action of God, and it's all about God. The gospel comes from God. And because the gospel comes from God, we can have confidence in it. In fact, we can stake our lives on it, because it gives us assurance. It's not something that um, has been invented by the minds of humans. It's not something that Paul came up with. It's not something that someone else came up with. It is God's gospel from God about God. And it's a gospel consistent with the actions of God, consistent with the promises of God. And the promise of God, as we heard in our Habakkuk reading, is that God will make people righteous. And that is done by faith those who live by faith, the righteous, those who are saved, those restored to God, are those who have faith in the action and work of God. And this work of God comes to us through the gospel. So the gospel is God's gospel. It is the promised gospel, and it's about Jesus. There in verse 3, it's regarding God's Son. To proclaim the gospel is to proclaim Jesus. Jesus, who is the Son of God, born as a man in the line of King David, fulfilling the promises made by the prophet Samuel and making a way for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham that through him all the nations of the world will be blessed. Friends, this is a big gospel. It's a big gospel. It's big in content and it's big in scope and it's big in outcome. And it's big in power because it has the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And so Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And Paul then tells us that in the gospel and through the gospel we receive grace, God's undeserved favour. And this gospel then calls us to obedience, a gift of grace and a call to obedience. And it's that obedience, having received the outworking of the gospel, forgiveness and righteousness, themes that Paul will develop as you explore through uh, Romans, having received those gifts, that leads us to being God's holy people. You see it there in verse 7, the next slide. Paul says to all in Rome who are loved by God and called 
to be his holy people. The gospel calls us to be holy as God himself is holy. That's a big issue we're dealing with the church at the moment. The gospel call to be holy as God himself is holy. Now friends, I know when I'm honest with myself, I'm sad to say, holiness would not necessarily be on the top of my list of self-attributes. I don't know about you. It's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm not likeable. But in and of myself, I'm not holy. I know my thoughts, I know my desires, I know my motivations, my temptations, my failings. I know I'm often in the wrong. And Paul will focus on that with us in chapter 3. But friends, thanks be to God for the gospel. The gospel about Jesus. The gospel that was promised and brings grace and is powerful and the gospel that is about salvation. Paul says down in verse 16, the gospel, it is the power of God that brings salvation. That brings me from death to life. That takes my sins and deals with them on the cross that gives me a righteousness that is not my own, but from God. That makes me holy. So that I can be holy as God himself is holy. Left to my own devices, left to my own ability, left to my own humanity, I am lost and without hope. Now that's not easy to say, is it? We don't like to admit that we're not in control. But once we truly understand this, we see how even greater is the love and grace of God and how much bigger the gospel is. The world, others who are not yet believers, do not like to hear this. But they need to hear it, don't they? They need to hear it. So thanks be to God, the gospel changes everything. The gospel about Jesus rising from the dead, the gospel about Jesus dying on the cross, so that my sins, your sins, our sins can be dealt with. And though I am unrighteous through, though by my actions, my thoughts and my heart, I am made right with God because all he's done for us. This is a major theme of the letter of Romans. And Paul will develop that as you read through. But I jumped ahead, didn't I? I went down to verse 16 and I'm kind of working through. So I, I've got to go back and fill in those bits that I missed. I just get excited and want to know the ending. This is all about salvation. This is good. But let Paul take us to that point. So come back with me to verse 8. Paul says... I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because, of your, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit is preaching the gospel of his son. Is my witness how constantly I remember you 
in my prayers at all times. And I, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Paul writes to the believers in Rome, people he has not yet met. He's writing the letter around the year 57, and he doesn't get to Rome until at least the, the late 50s or even the year 60, but he's heard about them. And he's particularly heard about their faith. And in hearing about them, he's been praying for them, giving thanks that the gospel produces faith and has produced faith in those believers in Rome. Friends, keep praying for the Christians you've not yet met, but you hear about who are faithful. Well, as we were told in Habakkuk 2, the righteous will live by faith. What faith will they live by? It's the faith in the gospel. Faith in the action of God. Faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Faith in the grace of God's love. And it's through this faith that we are saved and that we live as God's holy people. I said before, the gospel is big, and that it is. The gospel is more than just the means by which God is saving humanity and bringing them back to him. The gospel is also the means by which God is shaping his people. We are to be gospel-shaped people. Look at verse 11. Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I'm obligated both to Greeks and to non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. He wants to preach the gospel to them. He's just told us who he's writing to, those who have already been called and made righteous by that gospel. And he longs to preach the gospel more to them. He's writing to those loved and called and made holy by God, says that in verse 7, whose faith is evident, we're told that in verse 8, and now he says he wants to encourage them and be encouraged by them. Verse 14, he tells that that's done by preaching the gospel. Friends, never get tired of hearing the gospel. Paul going to expand the gospel, explaining the promises and the faithfulness and the action of God. This is what encourages us who have been transformed by this same gospel. We are being called always to grow in the gospel. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is big, and it brings salvation and it will bring us into holiness, and it will guide us into living to the praise of, his, of our glorious God. We can never move away from the gospel or grow out of the gospel.
Paul's call is for us to grow deeper in our understanding of the gospel. This is what leads to maturity of faith. This is the mark of an old Christian, someone who is deep, deep, deeply embedded in the gospel. Someone with that deep, deep understanding of the gospel and living out that gospel. Are you getting the feeling that we need to let the gospel grow in us? I hope so. That we need to have an even bigger expectation of the gospel? I hope so. That the gospel is indeed big? Well, now we get to verse 16. Yay! Paul says, verse 16, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why not? not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. But in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The gospel is God's power that brings salvation. And it's an amazing power because it brings life to the dead. It brings love to the loveless. It brings hope to the forsaken. It brings peace to the troubled. It brings righteousness to the guilty. The gospel has amazing power because it can change our desires and our actions, our heart. It is the power of God for salvation. And it's the way to find life. For the righteous shall live by faith, and true faith is in response to the gospel of God about his Son, who was raised from the dead, and who is Lord. And in this gospel is my hope, my life, and my all. And it does not disappoint. It is not lacking in any way. It is powerful to save and to transform it is powerful to break into the darkness of the world that we live in, even the world we live in today. It's powerful to overcome the excesses of our modern society because it is God's power and it's solid to withstand any intellectual assault and it is clear and simple so that it could be understood by all. This is the gospel that we proclaim. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It has brought me life in Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is my message of hope for all. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is still the power of God for salvation for all who will believe. Friends, have confidence in this gospel. Let the gospel grow in you and grow in your telling of the gospel to others. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the gospel, for your Son who gave his life that we might live, for your grace in calling us to know and trust in the gospel and the life of faith and righteousness you have given us. 
may your spirit continue to strengthen us in this faith and service. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, as those who have heard the gospel,